All right, and we are back, episode 31. Were you recording when I said that? You probably, probably, probably. Bruce. What? <laughs> what? Hey, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you just, every time I do that and you just start talking, I'll just be like, fuck it, it's going in, whatever. Anyway, though, so uh, yeah, episode 31 of uh, Homie Lover Friend Podcast. We are back. We're late, but a. Hey, we're here. We're here, you know what I mean? <sighs> busy, busy life. Um, life is happening, people. <laughs> life is happening. It is. But um, Very much so. We are still here for the folks. And it's, you know, it's a good thing, though, because I, I really wanted to more so just be able to allow our people to get caught up. I feel like a lot of our listeners aren't caught up. What do you think? Um, I would agree. Yeah, because we based still off get the consistent. N- yeah, I'm about to say, based off the numbers, like, they've been increasing so either especially for the older episodes either people are just now discovering the podcast and they're binge listening to it or like people stop listening for a while to wait till it build up and then binge listen yeah and, and you know sometimes i do that with my podcast so i can't i can't even yeah, hate. i can't too. be upset so um but yeah so what's been going on babe besides you about to fall off this uh i'm not about to fall i just needed to get comfortable okay yeah so tell the people what's been my going hands on. look really good they do. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm you, you, I just you're, did. You're doing them, babe. Finally. You're you know how them. they be like hairstylists on never had a hair done. They always got a hair in a bun, Bro, a ponytail, or a hat. Some of the hairstylists be having them. <laughs> it was so funny because my mom was, uh, it's this girl that goes, that went to our church, and she never used to have her hair done. Like anytime she would even get her hair done, it would just look so generically made and look like you could just pull the wig off or whatever the case is. Is that and good my or mom, bad? It's bad. Just just know it just looks terrible. So my mom told me who she was gonna get her hair done, but I was like, her? I was like, she does hair? I was like, her hair, ain't hair never was done. laid. It was okay. <laughs> it won't lay. It was okay. It wasn't like how it used but to be, but that's how I feel about being a nail tech. Like But a lot of my these, nails don't ever be done no more. Yeah, a lot of these young girls, they're really good at doing weeds. They're not good at like laying curls and blowouts, kinda of like how Eris is. I about to say, Eris, and me out here looking like, feeling like, mm. I ain't gonna lie, she be having that motherfucker bouncy, bouncy. And even the other girl that um my coworker go to, KJ. Yeah. KJ be, they work be the same, for real, for real. I ain't even gonna lie, I was scrolling on Facebook and I seen somebody else post that joint, and I was like. Somebody else post what, me? Eris, no, like when I first discovered her, because I feel like I was the one that showed you her page, right? I think so, yeah. And I was like, babe, when you get your hair done, you got to go here. Because <laughs> I was like, you see how this shit just blowing in the breeze? What what got me with her, though, was the color that she was doing people's hair and how healthy the hair still looked. Man. Like, she was bleach blonde and, like, crazy or just, like, electric blue hair. Like, she's a colorist, and that's her specialty. But when she pressed that jank out. Man, blogs be crazy. Maybe I have been like uh just for me commercial nigga. Like tangle. <laughs> <For> real. <laughs> um, yeah, so back to, you know, what we've been uh, going update. through, what's been going on with us. Nothing. Been working. That's it. Working, Our working, anniversary working, working, is working. coming up. Bro, it's so funny how this one just snuck up on us. Snuck up on who? I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, but it usually we'll have something very, very elaborate planned. It don't never be nothing elaborate, just be a trip. Very elaborate. 
That like, elaborate even when we went to Williamsburg last year, that was really a good time. I don't think it was elaborate, though. We had just planned it a month ahead of time. <laughs> what did we do the first time? First year. I can't remember. I feel but like. I feel like we did something, though. When did we go to Battle of the Bands? That was your birthday. That was my birthday. I feel like we went somewhere. We did. I feel that. You went and go to dinner. Did we? Mm-mm. I don't know. How long we do so much shit. A year? Two years almost? No, just a year. Oh, Mother's Day. It's about to be two years, though. Yeah. Mother's Day 2020. Mm-hmm. Dang, man. Time flies. Funny. Anyway, though. Time flies. So, just between work. Everything is going good with work and everything, but then just life is happening, you know, like little stuff. Uh, you know who sings that? What? I wasn't even paying attention to what you were saying. I'm, I'm trying to remember that we're doing a podcast here. Like, we were sitting here just having a normal conversation, and then we just had a pause. The podcast is normal conversation. I get it, but we had that pause that we can't afford to have in a podcast. It was a two-second pause. They'll be all right. Anyway, um, so we got some good topics here, because there's been a lot of stuff going on, and I feel like a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about, we're kind of late on it, but yeah. it's still relevant week, Are we a week though. late? No, we're like a week and a half. Maybe two weeks. No, we not two weeks late. Can we're you? a week and a half. I should just put it in a regular cup. Can't even hear that. <laughs> oh, all right. It's like a week and a half late. Okay. So um, let's get the first thing out of the way. Let's talk about Takashi. Takashi? Yeah. Him first? Yeah. Ain't got much to say. <sighs> all right, look, man. All right, so this this is where I am with it. Because I've just been hearing through the grapevine. I done heard about three people say this. And it's the only thing that makes sense. That he is a fed. A plant that was used to crack down on the bloods. And they just did it through music. They say he was a federal plant. All right. I really believe that. Because think about it. All the crazy shit that he did that never got him murdered, like especially going to Chicago and doing what he did in Chicago. Only a when nigga that's fed. Man, he was talking all this shit about niggas in Chicago and said I'd be there, and then he videotaped himself there in Chicago, he was and there ain't nobody like messing. Three o'clock in the morning. Regardless of Britney, people is sleep. Not no niggas in Chicago, nigga. That's the time they thrive. What the fuck you mean? <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. It ain't on Central Time. Nigga. It's two for them. I don't know about that. Brittany. You the expert? Niggas don't go to sleep. Okay. I Trapping do. don't stop. I go to sleep. Yeah, nigga, because your ass do nails, nigga. <laughs> nigga, like she be in here cutting the keys. I trap. Yeah, I ain't, nigga. I, I mix um acrylic. Yeah, you got to trap to a keeper, colors, nigga. make <laughs> milky binder. white. Anyway, look. All that shit that he pulled off and survived it. Where people, normal people would have got their ass whooped or murdered. He survived it. That's that's a federal plant. Like the same way they be feeling like, you know, certain musical people are industry plants. Mm-hmm. Like how they say French Montana was an industry plant and thing, things For like who? that. For the record company to sell records. What? You don't understand what an industry plant is? No. Okay. So an industry plant is someone that they put into the industry for commercial plays and they hype him up really, really big so he can make 
literally revenue for the record company. But the record company is the person who like, but he's not an independent. He's not. It's not just a coincidence that this person is winning. They are really, really like pushing him back in and back in and back. And this like, is a very, very like planned people thing. were saying with Cardi and um, Power One Hundred Five. They thought Cardi was an industry plant. Not necessarily an industry plant, but it was like all systems were go behind her. Like I don't know how to explain it. It was an like, industry plant is a little bit different because, like, you could tell when someone thinks that someone is an industry plant. Like they don't give them the same respect. Like, I don't know if you ever seen an industry plant, quote unquote, or people that they thought were industry plant on like interviews on radio shows. They really be like trend. Like it's a situation where everybody know them, but like everybody that is big knows this person, but you ain't never heard of him in your life. But he just comes out of nowhere and he just fucking wins. Like this person literally knows everybody in entertainment because he's not someone that just came out of. An organic, you know what I mean? Like he literally knows all the big wigs. So, but he who didn't did have French like a, Mon- who was French Montana went before. Well, so the reason why they think French is a plant is because of the fact that he knew a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. You, he, he just came out of fucking nowhere. Like he didn't have an organic story. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't someone that you heard like his mixtapes. Back in like 06 when he was in high school or some shit like that. that grind, oh, like grind, a Drake grind, grind. type. Yeah, like had an organic beginning. Yeah. Literally, this nigga, they said, we're going to pick you to do music. We're going to put all this money behind you and you're going to be a success. That's basically how it happened. The nigga just comes out of nowhere. Who did he used to roll with? Who? Yeah. Who? But I don't listen to a lot of rap, so I wouldn't know. Right, but the thing is, is French didn't do like it's the same way. Like, think about organic appearances of uh, certain people, because maybe people could have thought that Drake was an industry plant at one time. How? Right, but if you don't know his story, the thing is, is that people that don't have a fucking story, that's where you get these these thoughts of. Because like, if you think about like Missy Elliott, she started with doing features. She. Uh, was working with Timberland and things of that she nature. She was a songwriter. She was a songwriter, exactly. So she had an organic beginning. Same way with T-Pain. He started with I'm Sprung, like like mixtape, selling them out the back of the trunk in Tallahassee until his shit got played on the radio station. Then the shit just got big, 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 bigger and bigger and bigger. Then he started doing features and things like that. You don't have that story for French Montana. Like French Montana is Who one else? person that you legit know is a fucking industry plant. Who else? What they say did that? I don't know, but they always say French Montana is the like real life industry plant. Maybe they honestly, I know my brother's probably gonna kill me, but he don't listen to this shit anyway. So the person that he just got a placement with, Gachi, like if you listen to his Breakfast Club interview at first, Charlemagne was treating him like he. Felt like he was an industry plant. Like he wasn't giving him no real respect or whatever the case was, trying to like catch him up on shit. Mm-hmm. Um, until Gashi got an opportunity to actually tell his story. The reason why Charlemagne felt like he was probably like an industry plant or something like that was because literally this is someone who knows everybody. Like Jay Z knows him, Diddy knows him, French knows him. Everybody knew this guy, but. Regular consumers. Didn't. Yeah, regular consumers didn't. And Steven still to this day when he dropped his album, 
if you said who the fuck is like you heard that new Gashi, I'm like who the hell is Gashi? But I know Joshi gone. But then you got people like Jay Z saying, "Oh yeah, Gashi crazy, yo he da 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 da." And then once he told his story on Breakfast Club, it made you realize, okay, so maybe he ain't an energy plant. This guy has an organic beginning. Dude was homeless and was literally like he, it was a he was up there and ironically he had a story about how he sold motherfucking um. Uh, Envy and Yee bought one of his mixtapes when he was homeless. Shit was weird as fuck. And they didn't know who They didn't even know that that was him. And then they, he started telling the story. They were like, oh shit, that was you. Like, I told you you should have watched that interview. It was really fucking good. Well, but uh, it. <laughs> it was so good. But um, and then, even then, the fact that he had receipts for everything still had me thinking like, maybe he is. He just... Cause nobody <laughs> has receipts for everything. everything. Like he literally was like, "Yeah, and I got videotape of this and da da da. I got a picture of this and da da da." Like he literally had receipts of everything. And ain't nobody ever heard this guy. I haven't. Right, me either. But my brother was like, "Yo, Gashi crazy, Gashi crazy." I'm like, "Who the fuck is Gashi?" But your brother running them circles. Not necessarily though. Not but then my brother, but... after the album came out, he had to sit back and think. Right, he was like, nobody know who the fuck this nigga is still. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then when you go into the comments at the Breakfast Club interview, even though it was a good interview, people like, this was there. a great ass interview. But, but I who don't is know he? Who the fuck this nigga is? So how he get an interview on the Breakfast Club? Because the dude is co-signed by all the big wigs. That's why it seems as if he's an industry plant. Oh, so the industry got him. Like Jay Z bigs this nigga up big time. He's signed by Rock Nation. But the thing is, like, what mixtape? You know what I mean? Like, where was the music before? Where was the buzz? You know what I mean? Yeah. How the fuck you just end up signing the Rock Nation out of nowhere? Now, granted, it shows his, uh, his not his interview, but you know how, like, New Edition and them, they were about the MCA and then they performed in front of the, uh, oh, yeah, and in front of the board of directors and things like that. He has a video of that. And honestly, that's how he kind of got popping because he put a video of that. Like interview, I guess you could say with them. Mm-hmm. He put it on his gram and it went viral. Nigga singles are all this is like their mom's house, I think. Nigga singles is doing over a hundred. Huh? I forgot Terrence Howard was in. Oh uh, yeah, niggas. His singles because he got like five singles. All of them is over a hundred thousand. So I think they might already be platinum. Actually, they're over a million. Maybe he just got a following. I just I don't think so though. And it's so weird. But anyway, going back to goddamn Takashi 69 though, because you wanted to know what an industry plant was. So yeah. I had to explain it to you. So with Takashi, it's kind of the same way with him. Like, this nigga made music that quote unquote game breakers could get down with. Did he? But he had fucking rainbow hair. How the fuck the Bloods let a nigga with rainbow hair in a Mexican at that? Well, Mexican ain't too far fetched, but. Rainbow hair infiltrate they. <laughs> I don't know. I just infiltrate their organization he so much. Right, and got away with so much at Not that. Not even got away with. How do you know so much? To me, you seem like a entry level employee. If I could put this in corporate terms, I don't know nothing about this gang life. But I but ain't you never really seem like an entry level employee who know what's happening at the CEO, uh, Cancun, uh, team building trips that they just use as a front. You know right. too much. Right. All I was here for was the memes. Because when they had that picture of that Stingray, it was like, but your honor, 
this is the fish that killed Steve Irwin. <laughs> and then it was like they changing lanes in the tunnel from Portsmouth to Norfolk. I was over it. Look, man. It's a, that was a good one for memes. The Takashi meme, the Kiki Palmer, I don't know this man. Meme. <laughs> Look, man, Takashi Six Nine. I feel like because even Joe Button was talking about it, and when my brother had said he was like, "Nigga, it's a whole goddamn conspiracy going on YouTube right now," explaining how he is an informant. Well, we know he's an informant. Well, he's an informant officially, <laughs> like, but that know was that. the plan from the get go. How he gonna change his identity? They, and honestly, it's really, really good how they did it because you know. Even the guy that was on Love and Hip Hop that had signed uh, Masika. What guy? Not Masika, but the other girl. Oh, the guy who be with him, the dude yeah, the whose guy name that, is his, number two. That yeah, he's signed by. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote, he's part of it as well. So it's like they got all the big wigs that they wanted to get out of this. He's a big wig. He's one of the big wigs in the. Gang organization or in the blood. I didn't and then they were able to take down, well, they took him down a couple years beforehand, though, but I believe he was the next up. Now, granted, don't get me fucking, don't quote me on all this shit because I don't fucking know. I'm, I, I don't know, but I believe this is what it was. And for him to get this close with all of them, to, it's a, this shit is like Frank Lucas when they infiltrated got down. Not Frank Lucas, but uh, Nino, Nino Brown. And, uh, How are you over here? <laughs> you know Nino Brown when Ice-T infiltrated his uh, Cash Money Brothers and things like that? It uh-huh. was the same situation. It was called the Cash Money Brothers? Yeah, CMB. Is that what Cash Money Millionaires came from? It might have. I don't know. I believe so because CMB, we all we got. They would literally say that in there. Yo, this is enlightening. You just saw the movie, so I'm not going to get upset with you. I just saw the movie in its entirety. I had seen the movie bits and pieces, but I never saw it in sequential order from beginning. To Hi, this is Hattie Mae Peterson. Please leave a message. <laughs> the most. Bro, I used to watch this movie like crazy. You never. I seen forgot Terrence Howard was in it. Seen it? I done seen all the three, all of them. Did you see the interview of him? What about him? Baby, I should have sent you that interview. He's on the red carpet, and they're asking him about Empire. I think it was the day he got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He got a star? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Re- last this. week. But the, the uh, the I don't even know what he was talking about when they was asking him. He was like, because I've understood the meaning of life, and it would be crazy for me to continue practicing this craft that we know as acting. When I truly have unlocked some things and have understood the meaning of life. Like, he was just talking, and but he was using other big words that he was like, when I sit back and pontificate and did it. Uh, <laughs> no, he trying not to be motherfucking T.I.'s goddamn <laughs> word of the day. Bye, and I was just like, what the heck is he talking about? I got to send you the video. Yeah, you got to send me that. If I find it again, I'm going to post it on um our couple's page on Instagram because uh, Kev on stage did a video about it. It was a whole bunch of big words that ain't mean nothing. 
Yeah, but moreover, just to conclude the Takashi Six Nine thing, because honestly, this could have been a very, very end piece of our podcast to talk about. But I guess we could start it off with it because it ain't much to talk about. Mm-mm. Nigga is faux fur, and he' about to take everybody down. And I was just saying in the context of just how to end that be. You were more so Something going off of the memes. memes. Yeah. I don't care what's happening Who in the real life. Wars, I, I feel like the, the the Kiki Palmer memes. Had more laughs for me. Yeah, I feel sorry for that man. The one thing about the Takashi memes is the fact that they just kept coming. Like every day, there was a new one. Every hour, there was a new one. But with the Kiki Palmer one, it was it was just funny, especially when I found out who they was really talking about. True. Yeah, which is Dick Cheney, if y'all didn't know. How many people would know what the fuck Dick Cheney looked like <laughs> if I they would. talk to Trump? I would too, but I'm just talking about. Then the I was like, these celebrities really don't be knowing what's Bro, going they live on in politically, a whole different world. and we be we be asking them questions for political views. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know shit. They don't know they ass from the hole in the ground. Some of them do. I can walk past this man and not know a thing. <laughs> I feel sorry for that man. <laughs> All right, what's next? Um, you want to tell them, talk about Big Brother? <laughs> Struck a nerve, huh? I don't know. That nigga literally started doing the damn Tommy scratch. Nigga, I ball hate head. Ra- I hate racism. Bro, go ahead. Bigotry. Just go ahead and this is your platform, babe. Say what you need to say. <laughs> I already said what I need to say on Twitter. Say what you need I to gotta say. I got to retire my Twitter account until next year. Come on, come on. I just want to hear it. Cause just let the people know how you feel about it. If y'all didn't watch Big Brother this year, th- I'm new to Big Brother, so this was my first full season. I enjoyed this season thoroughly, especially I watching my girl. Hated it. Like, be so upset with it and say, Bruce, this is just not how it's supposed to go. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's how it goes. It's how it's always These went. Kind of down, boy. But like, my guilty pleasure is Big Brother. The show been on for like literally 21 years, probably. Not 21, probably. But it started in 2000, and they've had, like, double seasons sometimes. But it's like a competition show where these people live in a house, and you see their every move, and each week they vote people out, basically. And it was like, it was, it came out during a time of, like, real world, roll, roll, what is it called? Roll rules. rules, Survivor, and Big Brother. Like, all of those shows pretty much dropped around the same time in 2000. And with Big Brother... The way technology is now, they always had these things called live feeds, and you can pretty much watch what's happening in the house 24-7. So it was just a lot of, like, unchecked biases, a lot of bigotry. Like, literally the first episode, the dude gets his power, and he votes to evict all the the black people and the old man. So it was like, well, not black people, like people of color. And the old man, there's two black people, a Hispanic chick, and this guy who was older than everybody in the house. Like, he in his, what, 50s? Yeah. Before the and black. it's just like, we saw this, and it was just like, this uh, this season is going to be crap. Then every chance that somebody had to get this dude out of the house, nobody took the chance. And he ended up winning the game. And what's so weird about it is by the time it all came to a head and everybody got a chance to see what he was really about, because everybody were acting so oblivious to the fact that he was like the monster in the household until they got eliminated. 
And when he won it, after everybody said they peace about how they felt about him, when I say this man didn't crack a smile, I could have put the goddamn uh, Kiki Palmer meme up for him. Because <laughs> I didn't know who that guy so was. So you win half a million dollars. He was the saddest half a million dollars all season, man I He was like, life. I can't wait for that confetti to drop on my head. I'm mm-hmm. not leaving out here without confetti. I got to get my confetti. Like, that's all he kept talking about. And then at the end, before they vote, they get to ask questions. And basically, they ask him, like, well, the cast asks questions, and then they cast their vote. And then everybody, even the people who don't get to vote who were on the show earlier, which usually is about five or six people who are voted out, what they call pre-jury, get to ask their questions. And pretty much all the people who voted out pre-jury were the black people. And they were pretty much like, yo, in the house, these things were said. And they get to watch the show from the beginning because they no longer in the competition. So they can see all the racist remarks that that were said behind their back or all just like, um, what I'm trying to say, the sexist stuff that he said the too. Bullying. So they asked him about it. And Julie was like, a lot of people, the host of the show was basically like, a lot of people believe that this thing that you did on the very first episode had um everything a to racist do. motive because you yeah. voted out all the people of color and the old guy and his face literally was like what like my life is over basically yeah because production we know was telling him like there's going to be a lot outside of the house that's being said but we're going to try to help support you and change the narrative. Not even change the narrative. They told him they was going to try to help him navigate it. And he didn't know exactly what they were saying. They couldn't tell him exactly what was being said on the internet. And then when they got to the finale night and the bubble that they was living in was bursting, Julie said that he looked genuinely surprised. But you got to own up to the stuff that you said and did. That was that was way. Was it him that said the N-word or was it the other No, person? it was the... Jason Mimosa that said the N-word, but he said it to him and he never was like, chill, don't say that or nothing. It's just, it just shows us that we have so much further to go when it comes to this. And that kind of brings us to the Chelsea Handler Netflix documentary we watched. So it's a really, really good documentary. My my supervisor at work, she was telling us to watch it because basically it's... um, what is the name of it? Hello, Hello White, White Privilege. Privilege. I'm Chelsea. I'm Chelsea. Yeah. So it's basically Chelsea Handler is finally acknowledging or realizing that she actually has white privilege. She might have heard it before in the past. She may have heard it when it was spoken about others or just heard the word. But then she sat back and literally realized, damn, a lot of the things that I have in my life or where I've gotten in my life has come from my white privilege. And she ends up doing a documentary about it, um, basically going around asking black folks about it and asking white folks about it. Now, it's a very, very good documentary solely because it's introspective for her. And they actually have a lot of experts on it talk about it, which was very enlightening because they really breaks it. They break it down really, really well, especially how they explain how uh, white privilege literally is the opposite of oppression. That which was, that no really, one's really, ever really said it like that that really struck me because like when the dude was like you had he was like opposites exist in the world so if there once was a time where there were a group of people who were oppressed 
I don't even remember what words he used, but he was like, there's the equal and opposite thing is people being benefited by the oppression of these particular group of people. Basically and what was, segregation was. In a yeah, nutshell. And I was just like, oh, snap. Like, that was very well articulated. There were a lot of points that were made that was like, dang, that was very well articulated. Like, I knew that and I felt that, but Which I didn't know how to put it in words. And then my <clears throat> favorite part of it was when she went to the barbershop and she was talking to um, Jelly Roll, which... I didn't know who he was by watching him, but I've heard his name before. Mm-hmm. So he's a um, white rapper from I think Tennessee, Tennessee, Antioch, Antioch, Tennessee. and um. They are in a barbershop, and his barber is black, and she's talking to them. And basically, she has an epiphany that, like, all of this stuff that she went through. Don't she look like Erica Dixon? I'm yeah, sorry. she does. But um, all the stuff that she went through in life, she was like, or at this particular time in life in her teens where she was dating this dude named Tyshawn, she was like, I, I should have been in jail for stuff. Bro. Like, I should have been in trouble for things. And for whatever reason, I wasn't. She was like, I just thought it was because I was funny, because I was a girl. I never really looked at it from a lens of race. But she was like, I was with him when there were drugs in a car. I was with him when we were all when we were drunk driving. Like I was actually carrying dimes in my pocket. Yeah, she was like, I had drugs on me a couple times for him. Which to me says that he knew that she would never get caught up, you know, get caught up or whatever. So it just really, really. Um, she literally would say like she'll get pulled over, they'll search the him, car and him, and actually they would find they would find out that she had drugs on him or on herself as well. They would take him away instantly and literally say. Um, don't let me catch you, da 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 da, da X, Y, and Z ever oh, again. Yeah. He's a bad influence. You right, need right, to right. not be around him. And basically give her a slap on the wrist and tell her to keep it moving. Every time it happened. She said it at least and happened like, about six times. She this wasn't like a premeditated thought. This was as the dude um Jelly Roll is telling his story about like how many times he been to jail, this, that, and the third is happening. He was she was just saying, like, it's just now dawning on me that race could be the reason why I left these situations unscathed. So um, it was a really, really interesting documentary. Then she actually went to go see Tyshawn. Oh, yeah, she did talk to Tyshawn. I saw that coming as she kept talking about him more. I was like, you can't bring this man up that many times. (laughs) But the funny part, she was like, I thought you were out of jail for 14 years. He was like, no. I did 14. I years. did 14. I've been out of jail for three. three. And he was just saying, like, where his life went wrong and how he recognized back then that race played a factor in the way he was treated. But what was he going to do about it? And I also just feel like I think it's good for, um, I don't know. I don't know if the documentary is beneficial for everybody to watch. It's not. The reason why is because it didn't have no resolve. So she did go to a lot of white folks and ask them if they believed that they had white privilege. And literally all of them said no. Except One, for Jelly Roll. No. The the lady who was the... Yeah. The lady who was um, the Republican 
Right, but but she didn't want to admit after it. After they had conversation, she but was like, she wow, didn't want well, to admit it. She maybe was I like, do now I that don't. You put it like that. No, she didn't even say that. She was like, I don't think that I don't not have like. She, she just, didn't want to literally say white privilege. Right. It was just weird. She kept making it seem as if black folks, it was something with them, but not necessarily with white folks. It was weird. But the show the show was good, but it didn't have any resolve on yeah. their end. I felt like it's a good tool of reflection. It is. But it's something that everyone should think about. And even with her talking with those white women, that shit just like, it tightens your skin up and it just make you clench because you just be like... It's disheartening oh, that some don't people just it. don't want to see the truth. Like, it, the all the facts can be laid out. She was asking them rhetorical questions, and they were literally like, not rhetorical questions. Like she was asking them direct questions, and they and were they literally like excuses for finding loopholes to say, "Well, I feel like growing up in a two parent household is is privilege. Like that to me is the privilege that I had over other people, not necessarily." Being African American, I worked my ass white. off to get where I am. That's the one lady. And said. then she was like, "So she was like, well, do you feel like black folks have it a lot easier now?'" She was like, "Yeah, especially with getting in college or something to that." She said, that. "Getting in college," and she said something about affirmative action yeah, in the workforce because yeah. she was like, "You get a job just because you're black because you have to fill a, a quota, quota of black people that's taken that away," and I'm just like. This is do you bad. not understand that we had to do that for a specific reason <laughs> because we weren't yeah. being hired in this? And honestly, it still isn't beneficial because affirmative action isn't in all states anymore. It's not. And then some people will find ways around it. Right. Affirmative action can go in many ways. It can be fucking hiring white folks with the gauges in their ear or tattoos and shit all over their body. Or somebody with... Like literally, just think about the fact that there had to be a law put in place, put in place to so not discriminate. So not it. discriminate against people for wearing their natural hair. Like that's literally a law. You had to put a law in place so I wouldn't get discriminated for wearing my hair the way that it grows from my head. And freaking, Nigga, they just put a law in place that made lynching illegal. Where was this? I think in either Mississippi or Alabama. So there was no law. It was just morally frowned upon. Right. Interesting. Shit is crazy, man. We got a long ways to go, bro. A long, long ways to go. Especially the way progressive white liberals think. They really don't think. They think that we have made it. Progressive? Well, not progressive, but I was like, that's the modern. wrong group. You talking about the people on the other side? Yeah, on the right. That's crazy. They really feel like African Americans have made it and actually surpassed and get more privileged than what they do. Like literally. Okay. Good. Um. <laughs> good documentary to watch mm-hmm. on Netflix, people. All right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. Um. So really, well, we, while we were so anxious to go ahead and speak, you know, with you guys and record this podcast, is uh, this Fantasia thing. So, Fan, you want to explain it better? Because this is your girl. Why she got to be my girl? This is your girl, okay? This is your girl. You have all her albums. I don't have all her albums. You might as well. <laughs> Talk about her all the time. 
This is your spirit animal. No, I just like the way she performed. But anywho, as y'all have known by now, unless you were living under a rock, Fantasia made some very inflammatory statements on the Breakfast <laughs> <Did> Club <you? laughs> about women, women submitting to uh, their man, which is not. That's the part that people were just like really. Um, Really like taken aback by not taken aback by triggered. Let's use that word since all the millennials use trigger. She was trick. They were triggered by, but um, it's just so weird that how long is the interview, babe? Uh, the interview was thirty one minutes. But so the, the interview was thirty minutes, like two seconds. and literally like out of the thirty minutes of topic that they, I'm mean, a thirty minutes of conversation that they had, this two second clip was like blown up and magnified and just like set people ablaze bro like in it's something about the word submissive that like the word women in general get really upset about it but specifically i feel like african-american women just do not like that word why not well honestly well when we discussed I feel it's a lack of understanding really what it what it means. What are you doing? You don't have to pull it up. I want to though. I want to though. Waste the time. It, literally it was this quick of a sound bite that just really just went crazy. I can lead in my household. I could do this in my household. What does that That's mean? That's not how it's supposed to be. And that's why we bump heads. And I feel like it's a generational thing. And we could talk, we can go real deep on that. And I might need I don't need to start that, but it's a generational curse mm-hmm. and how society have placed our men. And women have to, to to stand up and be the mother and the father and the provider. And so then now you are so bad. You so you can't be told nothing that when the right man come, you lose him because you're trying to be the the man. I was going to say, right, man. Can we be equal? Oh, of course. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm the neck, my man's the head. So he can't make any moves without his wife. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. all works together. But you can't be the head of the house. You got to let the man be the head of the house. But it's a generational thing, and it's what we've been taught to stand up, be strong, be the, you know what I mean? And a, a dude come, and you, everything about you is like a man. What does that mean? You, you can't be a leader. Because a lot of women look at that, like, no. So just that right there, like literally, the interview is really, really good. But she literally, that's how long she talked about it. It was probably about 30 seconds. And that 30 seconds of a clip blew up to like having full blown, uh, Podcast discussions, vlogs, everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. The reason why we want to talk on it is because we feel like it's something that's lost on this generation of understanding what the word means. And when they hear the word, a lot of times they think what you say, your example of it is they instantly go to Archie Bunker. Yeah, I just think the um the way in which submitting or in this case submitting to your husband is perceived by people our age um originally is just, like you just think about Archie Bunker and just like super misogynistic like Love and marriage. Belittling yourself. Holding your balls, watching TV while I serve you up dinner on a platter. Like, not even belittle yourself, just like... 
minimizing your importance to the relationship or more your so you're just or you as adding human value to a relationship right you have no value to the relationship all you are good for is cooking my meals cleaning my clothes laying up with me at night and rearing my children and rearing my children exactly yeah carrying my children i think that's what a lot of people's mind go to when they hear the word submit or just like being a doormat and letting anything happen you know what i'm saying just like relinquishing all control to say it man that's where i think the the connotation of submit is Mm -hmm. for a lot of women Mm -hmm. for a lot of black women okay so since you are the uh the house chaplain now forgetting but the clergy household what is the what does the scripture say when it comes to that? Like verbatim almost. Um, I believe it said like wives submit to your husband and husbands submit to your wives as Christ did the church or something like that. So literally it's saying wives submit to your husband and husbands submit to your wives as you submit unto Christ. Right. And this is basically shaping the household structure. So it's not a situation where it's a one-way street. And I think that's where it gets lost is a lot of times we think it's a one-way street. But I think you also have to, for as spiritual as I am, take the religion out of it. Because not everyone's right. foundation, foundational belief system is according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, personally, that's mine. Right. But some people who don't have that foundation... We'll still hear that and think, you know, the same way. Right. So we're thinking more so along the lines, not necessarily gender roles, but overall purpose as a um, as a human being. Right. And I think it's also, like I said, when we um, watched an interview, like you never hear. Oh, true. Husbands need to submit to their wives. Right, right, right. You and you were saying, one. like, you hear them say, happy wife, happy life. Or she's always or she, right. Yeah, she's the boss. The I just follow whatever. Yeah. But it's also like the word submit is not used when you are talking to your sons. To a man in relationship to, how to treat a, how to treat a woman. Mm-hmm. That word itself is not being used in that way. So it puts all the onus on a woman to be the person who gives up something for the sake of relationship. I have to give up my voice. I have to give up my hopes and my dreams. I have to just do what this man says for the simple fact that he has a penis and I have a vagina. Right. And I think also, because we were actually talking about this yesterday, I think he gets... So, in my opinion, I feel like submissiveness is ultimately trusting. And I think a lot of the trust is lost because, say, for instance, in people who have dual house, uh, family households where they have their father and mother, and they actually grew up in a household seeing where a wife was being submissive to their husband, and still it didn't, it didn't lead to a perfect outcome. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, like even when you were explaining it to me, I was like, okay, well maybe this have some type of bitter resentment toward that word because you're like, well, I saw where submissiveness got my mother, for example, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, my auntie. And or... I don't think I want to, you know what I'm saying? I don't feel like this is something that I need to do because 
I can't trust y'all, man. Like, I can't trust y'all to do this. If I trust y'all to do this, this is where I'm going to end up, and this is where I don't want my life to be. Right. And then vice versa. Also, for those who didn't, you know, come from a household where they saw submissiveness being displayed, then that's just the lack of seeing, you know, mm-hmm. or knowing what it looks like. So you have two uh, dualities of it, I guess you could say, where um, one is because I actually saw this being taken place and I resent it. And then one is because I don't necessarily resent it. I just never had an example to see right. what it looks like, you know? Um, so what I instinctively think it is, whether that was just seeing my mom do it, which I resent her for doing it because it made it minimized her in my eyes or something like that, or even if it didn't, I just didn't see any benefit of doing it, you know? Yeah, and I also think it's just like I was saying doesn't even talk about it like personal experience and the fact that I just feel like there was a lot of things that she said that people as soon as they heard submit they mind just ran in one direction they didn't hear anything but else. she literally talked about her and her husband like it was her as a single parent trying to raise her daughter and do what was best for her and how up until him she um thinking of it in this sense she's a southern chick she has a certain moral value system where she would be a willing woman to submit to a man excuse me but she just kept stumbling upon the wrong dudes to submit to so she held on to that and then when they got together he had to sit her down and she was saying and was just like look you don't have to play all parts like, you don't have to cover all fronts. You do you and what you're supposed to do in this relationship. And I'll do me and what I'm supposed to do in this relationship. And in essence, it, it creates more so a partnership and a trust. I think and a balance. If, yeah, a balance. So if we get to look outside of the actual word submissive and understand what it really is, uh, what it leads to and what's the outcome of it. It's building a certain level of trust, a balance, um, order. Yeah. So you're catering to your strengths when it comes to the relationship, whether that's uh, being the breadwinner, or even if you're not the breadwinner as the man or whatever the case is, whatever, whatever it is that is your strength that you do for the household, and she caters to whatever her strength is in the household um, complex of it, I guess you could say. So that way, everyone feels as if they're doing their own part, and no one's no one toes are being stepped on, and you feel fulfilled because you have a purpose. Um, really, all it boils down to is just having a purpose. And a lot of times, where where Fantasia was saying is, a lot of these women are so used to having to carry the, the burden, burden of, of everything. everything of being. The father, the mother, the uh, the breadwinner, taking out the trash for themselves, whatever the case may be, that when they do get with a man, they don't know how to relinquish it, and they scare that person away. And the reason why is because he feels like he doesn't have a purpose in this relationship. Now, like you said, one, it has to be a willing participant as far as the female who wants to be able to submit to a man, and it also has to be a man that's worthy of being submitted to. Because a lot of these frogs out here... And w- or willing it. to submit back. Willing to submit back. Since exactly. it's a right. two-way street. Right, right, right. 
Like you have to, I have to have enough trust in you to be able to lead and your leadership abilities to let you to be able to lead. Like I'm not just, it can't be the blind leading the blind out here. Somebody got to, you know, take, I guess the captain's seat pretty much. Mm-hmm. But I also have to be comfortable and like you said, and trusting enough in your abilities that I can say, okay, I can relinquish this and then focus on this over here. Right. And I think that is difficult to do in this day and age. And I think where it gets lost is that when you read comments and you listen to people's reaction to the word, you come up with all these connotations and judgments of the person. Like you'll feel like they're damaged. You'll feel like, oh, I can't be with this person da, 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 because she da, 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 she acts like this, this, and this. And that's why she's single. That's the first thing that we always go to. That's why she ain't got no man. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. But you got to understand deep down, it's not a situation where she may not want to. It's a lack of understanding. It's a certain level of ignorance in some part. And then also a certain lack of trust. I haven't found someone that has earned my trust in that level where I could do that. Because I feel like naturally it comes with the right person. It don't even have to be something that you think about doing. It naturally comes because the way the balance of the relationship is working itself out. Right. um, The feeling of the relationship. You see that this person is taking leadership in this role. So you automatically just release it, be, releases it, release it because they're getting it done. They're taking care of it. They're not necessarily taking care of you, but you feel taken care of, essentially. <laughs> I get what she's saying. Vice versa, even vice versa. Like the same way with a man. Like coming home, meal is cooked, clothes are clean. If that's what she's good at doing and that's what she's contributing to the relationship, then you feel like you're taken care of. Or vice versa, even if it's a situation where you're the one that's cooking the meals and cleaning the clothes, but she's bringing home the money and paying the bills. If that's the man that you want to be in that relationship or whatever, or that's the way your relationship is turning out to be right there, then it's still the same piece. I feel like ours go back and forth, though. You talking about me and you? Yeah. You and I? Yeah. How so? Because, like, we... um. I don't know, since we've been together, it's been a lot of change in, like, work and just, I don't know how to explain it. Like, literally, I don't think I've cooked this week at all. Well, so you're talking about, like, cooking and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, household duties. But we flow in such a way, like, overall, that... We don't keep tabs on stuff like that. We don't. Um, with us, it's different because we like, okay, if it needs to be done, then we'll just do it. Like, for instance, cleaning the shower out and things of that nature in the bathroom and things of that. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm off today. I'll go ahead and do it. You're working every day, whatever the case is. I need to cook because you're at work. I'm but I off, also feel like, like some people sometimes with the word submission, they automatically go to gender roles. Right. Versus, um, I don't even know the word I'm trying to say, but like positions. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, like, 
um, who was saying it? Derrick Jackson. Derrick Jackson be really having some good points sometimes. So, <clears throat> huh? Nothing. You don't like him, but no. Okay. He makes good points. Sometimes. He was just part of the era of when I was just over niggas trying to tell women how to be women. I was over him. I was over Steve Harvey. I was over Al Brunt. I was over Tyrese. I was over uh, what's the dude that Latoya used to be? Uh, Rob Hill Senior, but Eric I mean, Gaskins, whoever. I was over all he's of really them. telling us that we ain't shit a lot of times. Now, in the beginning, it wasn't always that way. Either way, it goes. he's evolved as a man. Thank God. I said he has some good points sometimes. He so. did have some good points. He had some good points when it came to this one. Um, and the reason why is because a lot of it is derived from old fashioned views. So what our grandparents taught us and our parents may have taught us and what's been handed down from generation to generation. But now in this modern time, it's a lot different because we deal with different things that our parents and our parents' parents didn't have to deal with. For instance, a dual working household. Yeah. You can't survive off one income. You can't. On you just average. don't work like that. Now. Unless you're rich. It is what I'm saying. There's outliers and exceptions, but on average. In a normal household, you you just can't. You just don't Everybody's work like that. working. Right. Even the kids. Right. <laughs> but I also so, feel like. Um, but, but just to go back and piggyback on that, though. So them telling us. That, you know, say for instance, like even what uh, Kev on stage wife was saying about how the church and the way it was broken down to her is, you're better off at saying it than I am because I can't really say it and articulate it like how she did. But more so just like your role as a wife or as a woman is to cater to your man, lay down and be nice. That stuck out to me. I don't know why, but that stuck out to me when she said that. It's crazy. Um... When it comes down to uh, sex, I guess you could say, or being intimate with your husband, whether you want it or not, just lay down and be nice. I just lay down. What what's she say? The color purple. Let, let him do, him do his, his business. business. Pretty much. <laughs> like, that shit is crazy <laughs> to me. Said, like, he and then the niggas be wondering why rape culture was almost normal back then. That sounds rapey as fuck. On your wife. It was It was a toxic behavior. Yeah. From the jump. And I just feel like we're in a generation where we're like reflecting on a lot of things from and the past. Like, no. Not just the submission. <laughs> I mean, not just the like masculine toxic, masculine, what is it? Tox, toxicity or whatever, however you, toxic masculinity is what toxic I'm trying to say. Yeah. And um, I think on all fronts, we're kind of just analyzing what we've been taught. And what we've been subjected to. Because in a way, like when Fantasia was talking, she was basically saying, like, society has perverted the idea of submission. Like, they made it something that is not. But that's how it is with a lot of different things Mm -hmm. when it comes to the interaction between the two sexes. Like... I mean, the quote-unquote natural order of things and the way that people... Have have used certain advantages to get over on a certain group of people, mm-hmm. be it racism, sexism, uh, socialism. It's a white man's world, mm-hmm. and now a lot of things and a lot of people are starting to reflect on that and are starting to self-correct or be introspective enough to start thinking about why is it really that I have an issue with this. 
Or why is it really that we've accepted this? Or why was it really that we taught it this way? Yeah. Or that we were taught to view it this, you know, in this lens. Um, and now it's a situation like like we were saying though, since it's dual working household now, we can't go by those same rules because it's different now. Like in essence, back then you needed your man. You needed him. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't need us. So a lot of times y'all can say, well, fuck you, nigga. If I don't want to do this, I ain't got to do it because I got my own. I, I'm better off by myself. Thing. Right. You don't need it. But that You thought, want it. It sounds nice. No, but the thought, I feel like the thought of not needing it came from being abused. Huh? Not oh. physically or verbally, but just like me submitting to you was abused because you got a family on the other side of the city mm. or in the next town over. Mm. And um, what did it, what was I watching what? when the dude was okay, like, I got it. I got hold on, exactly hold on. What you're saying. Oh, I was watching Brilliant Idiots and the girl, she was like, my dad told me that as a woman, you should never concern yourself with a man's business. Cause they was talking about how cheating is kind of accepted. And, um, in Latinx communities a lot of times. And she was saying that, like, it was nothing for your father to have, you know, 14 kids by three different women and just, like, eat families in different counties or whatever. And he was saying, she was saying that I was, like, 13 or 14. I was talking to this guy. And I was upset that he was talking to somebody else. And it was just, like, um, it was just like he told me as a woman, you shouldn't concern yourself with the business of a man because I don't have nothing to do with you. As long as you're taken care of, you're good. And she was like, well, wait, does that mean like you have somebody else besides my mom? And she was like, my dad was just like, eat your vegetables. Like, because they were at the dinner table talking. And it's just, I don't know. It's just like, because. Back in the day, as you say, like people's perception of things, realizing that, hey, this is what my mom did and this is what she got. And I'm either A, not going to be like that and go the exact opposite way. Or if it was a positive experience, I'm definitely going to be like that and do what she did. It kind of warps your willingness mm-hmm. to submit. Right. Well, and then also... Just to piggyback on the times, like the times have a lot to do with it more so. Huh? I said I wish you stop saying piggyback. Well, I piggyback then. Well, to tie in (laughs) what you're saying to the times is like I said, back then that was acceptable because as long as the man was taking care of both of those households, or all three of those households, or all five of those households, (laughs) you just lay down and and be nice, you know what I mean? Or you just kept the secrets, the family secrets or whatever the case is. Because but how do you feel? F- the thing is, you can't really fathom it now yeah, because of who you are and what you know and what you got and your education and things of that nature. But back then, a lot of those women, and I can give you a, prime, a perfect example of it. A lot of those women, they didn't have certain skills that could sustain... Those households with all them kids, they literally gave them 12 kids. Not just one or two, 12 kids. So if you left that man, 
you have 12 kids that you got to take care of. And if you don't have that house that he's providing you My and that food that he's, hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. She might've been able to sustain after a while due to whatever circumstances where it was government assistant or whatever the fuck she was doing, or maybe the kids was working. Who knows? <laughs> and the kids was taking care of one another. It. Or she might've had another man down the road or something like that. Listen. Whatever I the case, no and a lot of times that, doing. and a lot of times that was the case. They would end up just getting another man that didn't mind taking care of twelve kids. But a lot of times, the fear of them not being able to provide for their twelve kids, have a house over their head, and just messing up the order and the flow of things, they just rather be quiet and just play it along with it because they needed to sustain their lifestyle. A lot of times. And a lot of times you still see this happen, especially with older generations. They like to put on a pretty picture right? instead of living their truth. A lot of times they'll tell all the lies in the world just to portray this family that they want to have. When they know their family is dysfunctional, messed up, and they got all the secrets in the world. And um, uh, your your sister is really your, your auntie or your cousin or something like that because <laughs> Billy Joe had, you know, da 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 yeah. Like we be having some real hillbilly stuff going on. So prime example of it is like even with my mom, like she started working and actually got a job that was better than my grandfather's. Like she was making more money than him, whatever the case was. It probably grandma. may have been the first, huh? You gotta say grandma. My grandma, okay. Because it sounds crazy, it sounds but weird. I know okay. what you mean. <laughs> yeah, so she was making more money than my um my grandfather and her job. It was better. Just let's put it like that. So when she got tired of dealing with his shit, she packed her shit up and left. And she's been she good could. ever since because she could. But her parents and her parents before that may have not had that luxury of doing that, even though they knew they nigga one shit. Right. But then just I love that man. I love that man. <laughs> but they sad on the inside, but they just dealing with it. And it's a lot of stress on their heart, but they just dealing with it. It's a lot of secrets that they got to keep, but they're just dealing with it. Nowadays, we don't have to go through that. Like, we could choose. We have the luxury of choosing. Right. We have <laughs> cuffing season and choosing season. Okay? <laughs> so, literally, we can raise our one or two kids by ourselves. We don't have 12 that we got to raise by ourselves. <laughs> Because that's not just how the household is now. The household is not 12 children no more like that. And if your daddy ain't acting right, I'll go find another. And you'll have a stepdaddy. Or we can just be out here by ourselves and you can see him on the weekends. Just the way it is. Um, not saying that it's right, but it's just evolved into that. Yeah. Hence the fact that you see divorce is just for anything now. I don't like him. That's a reconcilable difference. Right. You know what I mean? So... That's, it is what it is. That's really what it boils down to. Submissiveness has changed because of trust and choice. And a lot of the misconception between the two is because you have trust and you have choice. You, you can choose who you can be you submissive. That. And then you, yeah. Not, I'm not, not going to call not, them. No, no, no. Well, yeah, if yeah. it's ignorance, it's ignorance. Whether it's willful or, if, or it's just. A lack thereof. Like a lack of knowing. Yeah. Really what it is. But that's what ignorance is, right. the lack of knowing. So right. whether it's intentional ignorance or unintentional ignorance, it's still people with a certain mindset imparting that mindset onto you, whether that's true or not. Sometimes traditional Tradition. values are ignorant values. Yeah. A lot of times. 
That don't make sense. Like literally the simplest stuff that just don't make sense that people can't explain. So they just say, because I said so, but it's just like. No, I need more than that. Yeah, it don't make sense. So okay, BT. I know BT is about to <laughs> Y'all know who watch BT in the background. They talking BT about the streaming so service. Lit. I'm like, should I get it? Because we can't watch the first wives club. You can't watch all that without the streaming service? I don't think so. You gotta have BT Plus. Just that one show, I think, the overcome on TV. But however, y'all, you can support our podcast by going to our Instagram, Homie Lover Friends Podcast, clicking the link in the bio, and purchasing a shirt. That says, I stand Black Entertainment Television. Because we do. <laughs> yep. Ours um, are coming in the mail. Um, They should be here next week. Yeah. I'm We're going to work on some things here. Uh, we want to try to come up with some stuff for you guys. What else did we have, baby? Um, well, I wanted to do one last thing, but I lost my train of thought right there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <sighs> oh, because I really... Okay. I did want to give a shout out to... Uh, Kev on stage and his wife's podcast because that podcast that you had me listen to was really really good. Just her explaining how how she was bought up really set their marriage back a little bit because she was so fixated on being the good girl and she didn't want to have sex until she was married and sex is wrong and da 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 da. So I once she got married and now it's time to have sex, she didn't have a desire to have sex. Whether it was all right, she didn't and it was say okay. She didn't have the well, desire. technically, she said she won't. She still out. felt wrong, right? Even though she did everything right, she was married now, so it's okay. Like mama ain't gonna be mad, daddy ain't gonna be mad. You ain't gonna get no whooping for having sex now, or you're not gonna be frowned upon in the eyes of the Lord. What was so crazy to me was when she was talking about, like, when she had her baby. Go on. No, she was saying like. He was saying how she shut the door. Like, they was married. They had been oh, married yeah. for, like, two or three years. She found out she was pregnant. She, like, shut the door, and she was crying and panicking, this right. and that. And they were... Married. Yeah, and financially in a place right. where they could... But she still felt like getting pregnant was going to be frowned upon. But it's difficult to shake those, like, that indoctrination. Yeah. She was literally brainwashed to the point where... Even after she was at the point where she could do all these things, she, let, she let still couldn't let that image go. go. And it kind of affected her relationship with her husband because even with them having sex, one, she didn't feel sexy. Two, she kind of probably didn't even know how to be sexy. Three, she didn't know how to be sexual wool towards her husband to the point where she probably would just go in there and just lay down and let him handle his business. She said that? Basically. Oh, you're inferring that. I'm inferring that because of the fact that she said she, once she didn't feel sexy, she didn't know how to feel sexy. And a lot of times it became a chore to have sex with him. So I'm inferring that he wanted it and she was like, okay, I'll do it because this is my role. She said she liked it. She enjoyed it. It was just... The frequency? No, not the frequency. She was just saying it wasn't adventurous. It wasn't... She said it wasn't pleasurable to the point she it was for him. That. 
She did not say it wasn't pleasurable. She said she did. She said it wasn't adventurous because uh, Kev was like, missionary only. I likes it. Right. Like right. when he do that stupid voice. That's yeah. what he was talking about. Well, she didn't say she didn't like it. I didn't. I'm not necessarily saying that she didn't like it, but it was just like she still felt wrong doing it. I feel like, and she had to overcome that and break that shell. And um, it's just weird, man. Cause like when you're a guy and Kev on stage, he had sex prior to them being married, and probably numerous times, or whatever the case may be. So when you're you're coming from women. Being a certain way with you when they're having sex, it's adventurous. They're doing X, Y, and Z, and then you get with the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, and she's not even doing the bare minimum. Now you're sitting here reflecting on your life, like, what did I get myself into? Like, how am I supposed to be satisfied with this? I know this is the person that I love. It's the person that I want to be with, but she's not even half of what I'm used to sexually. And I want so much more, but I can't even be a fraction of who I am sexually because she's not giving me anything to, you know, go with. Yeah. Which is sad because you don't want that from your wife, but it's just like, damn, bro. Like, I felt for that man because I'm just like, I, I know how that feels. I felt for that man. I feel for that man. If I see him on the street. <laughs> I feel sorry for that, Kiki man. Kiki always applies. <clears throat> yeah, but <clears throat> what's next, babe? Um, I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah, actually. Oh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Do we have Season one? 21. Just a quick hit on it to put y'all up on game. Um, that oh, tickles. Another thing, explained on Netflix, watch it. We're watching it right now. It's really, really good. It's just explaining how certain things work in the world and just in general, like cults, the water system, the water crisis, global water crisis that y'all thought was just in Flint. It's a global water crisis. Like people are literally running out of water in countries. That was crazy. Which is wild because they're not talking about it on a national level. It's so much stuff happening in the world that we really just don't know. Not knowing about. They keep it from us. We could wake up one day and like the whole world be upside down. (laughs) Not even toast, just like, well, breaking news today, X, Y, and Z, because for the past 15 years, this has been happening. And you just be like, what? Ain't nobody tell me nothing. nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Season 21, we are going to be watching it because we watch that show. It's our show. Um, it's another guilty pleasure. It's a very, very good pleasure. Why do pleasure. we care about what they're doing? It's a good show. I don't care. You can say what you want. You can have your judgments. I like certain Ratchet TV. I just have he to watch some He does like things, Ratchet TV. I've never watched so much real, Ratchet reality TV until I got with you. Whatever. It's crazy. It's a choice. You can read a book if you want. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I like what I like. And it's funny because I didn't watch that stuff until like ex girlfriends. They put you on. Yeah. So you got me over here watching the next girls. I know you watched Housewives of Life. I'm not gonna buy that before me. Not really. You watched the older seasons. I ain't even watched older. But that's because my aunt's only used to watch them. I floated in with her 
And then I floated out, and then stuff would happen, and then that was just that was just that. I like Housewives of Atlanta. Um, it's really, really good. Shit is hitting the fan because Kenya Moore is coming back. It's crazy how they just leave and come back, leave and come back. I'm waiting on Phaedra to come back. No. You don't want Phaedra to come back? Mm-mm, over it. I'm waiting on Phaedra to come back. She's going to come back eventually. If Apollo and her would have got back together, they would have came back. Or so if they had a story together. Huh? What Candy going to do? Kenya. Candy said she didn't want to work with her. Oh, well, that's the only reason why she didn't come back then. Candy said I could never work with her because. That's crazy how close they were. But for the lie that she. The lies. The lies. The lies. <laughs> I love that meme. Which is just like, you literally could have ruined this lady. For what? Because her husband and your husband was cool and she know where the bodies is buried. That's pretty much the point. That's crazy. But Candy ain't even the type to like end a friendship and then throw dirt on your name. And Phaedra was very quick to do so. I've had people in my life like that, which is why Phaedra triggers me because I've had people in my life who come with that false sense. She that old school church shit. She with that false sense of this is who I am. I am pristine. I am kind. I am gentle. I am loving. I love you with the love of God. And she's the one that I was just saying. Like they literally want to put on this facade of what their life is. But it's really like this. And I know people like that in real life oh, yeah. and have been burned by people like that in real life. And that's why I don't rocks with her. Yeah. I really wasn't trying to talk about Phaedra. I was really trying to talk about Kenya Morgan, the divorce with her husband, which is going to be the main line of this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and that's um, another thing. That's a, That circles back to the willing to submit. What you mean? I think she was ready. You really think that they was really like... No, 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 no. I didn't say he was ready. I said I think she was ready and picked the wrong guy. Well, you know she was known to pay. Whatever. All I'm saying is I think that he came in presenting himself to be Prince Charming, swept her off her feet, sweet-talked her into, I don't want you to be on the show because I don't want them to... Put you in a bad light. I don't want them to make you the bad guy. Like coaxing her to do specific type of things. Like you remember that episode where she was in the bathroom when they was at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. He, this is why he don't want me on this show. This that and the third. That just like crazy man. Mind controlling her. Mind I ain't never had her. mind control on no girl. And then like just that. like and then and then him not being who he said he was. Because she was willing to be the submissive woman to a man that she thought was was submittable. It's crazy word. how sometimes it and can go it wrong because they'll fall in line with all their ideas. When you haven't proven anything. That's why I say there's a delicate balance between submission and like... Foolishness. Yeah, because you want to... It's like your job. They don't give you benefits right off the bat. You got to be there in 90 days, 30 days, whatever, to get your PTO, your dental. Your... There's a probationary period in a relationship where you just really have to prove yourself. Well, I got mine right off the bat, but. <clears throat> got what right off the bat? My benefits. 
Rose? I did. Ain't nobody talking about your job? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigga. But anyway, though, um, <laughs> it's going to be the storyline. And then also, I'm going to be upset because... Um, uh, what's her I name? Can't. Cynthia is getting engaged to Mr. Mike Hill, That's which I don't have a problem with Mike Hill, but I still like Peter, man. Her and Peter... Peter just lost his restaurant, they say. Peter is going down fucking... He's going down, basically. Why? I like him. Because he don't have a strong woman behind him. Cynthia was the strong woman behind him. Technically. I'm not her. And Nene out here talking about an open relationship with Greg. I'm like, why would you do this to this man's heart? <laughs> like, is he going to allow it? I'll allow it. When somebody asks that, do that mean that they already got somebody on deck? For real, for real, I, I think like this is what I think from seeing that clip and knowing how reality shows are. I think somebody else had an open relationship and she was just making conversation asking what he think about it. Oh, you just talking about how they edited it? Yeah. That's what so I felt about like what they said about um, Candy uh, Candy and uh, Ty because you saw where she was like, You've been, you got six projects and you ain't finished none of them. And then that, that man's face, I was like, oh shit. Like, I feel like that was them editing it in a specific yeah. way. I don't think it's going to be that bad. But now, if they broke up, that would hurt my feelings. Oh, yeah, that would definitely hurt my feelings. They can't break up. Family. They're never going to break up. I don't think they're going to break up. I like the two short. In spite of Mama Joyce, they're not going to break up. If they can survive Mama Joyce, they can survive They can survive anything. anything. All right, well. Um, time to get out of here. Time to get out of here, folks. Ooh. Um. Very, very successful, good podcast. I feel like we have some good topics here today. Right, babe? Mm-hmm. All right, so we out of here. Say bye to the people, babe. Bye, y'all. Yeah. Music major. I see you looking what you're looking at. Boy, you so late. Get out the past. Watching me walk away. You want it back. I know. I know, yeah, I know Heard you been asking my friends about me Trying to see where I've been Trying to see you one week Trying to slide back on the slit, yeah I know you mad and your feelings yeah. You were sleeping on the kid, yeah Now I got you feeling sick And you madder than a bit, yeah Oh, you messed up, now you back like a boomerang Boomerang. Boomerang. Sorry to say it's nothing you offering.
Call you back like a boomerang. Like a boomerang. Sorry to say it's nothing you hovering. I let you go, just go away. I hate to say it, but shit ain't the same. 